0: I'm Nevada Basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you're listening to Pac-Center.
1: What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pac-Center, Garrett Hirshberg, here with my modest co-host, Miguel McNamara. And on today's episode, we are also joined by our, our former host, Jordan
2: Burns. Jordan, welcome back to the studio. Thanks, Garrett. It's glad to be back. Um, we were sitting here and having a little production meeting, and I was like, you know what? I want to get on the show. It's been such, such a long time since I've uh, been in the studio, and I'm just glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you back, and if you can't tell by
1: the intro song, Nevada basketball is officially going dancing in the NCAA tournament. Women's basketball had a very successful Mountain West tournament. Baseball had a great weekend, while softball had an okay weekend. But with that, let's recap the men's Mountain West tournament. Now, for... For our listeners, I've stated this last week's show. I was there in, in, in attendance, and it was such a great experience. Got to meet so many cool people, like uh, Reggie Miller, Kevin Harlan, and a bunch of the CV, CBS crew. Uh, but Nevada didn't. Nevada basketball did not have as much of a great time as I did. They they did beat UNLV in game one. They won a score by seventy nine to seventy four. Where in that game, uh, Nevada was trailing by double figures in the second half, but was able to come back and win. Uh, Jordan Caroline had a double, double monster performance and, uh, Josh all had a great game off the bench. What are your guys thoughts on this, on the
0: first game of the tournament for Nevada? Um, go, I watched the game online and going into halftime, I, I will say there was a bit of doubt in my mind of, Oh no, this can't happen again. Why, why is this happening? Um, but like you said, Jordan Caroline with the monster performance and Josh Hall coming off the bench with 16 points. It's it, The team definitely uh, com- coming into the second half. After
1: seeing this Nevada team play all year, why did you have
0: doubt? Um, well, it's, it's just because you've seen they've been a great team throughout the season, but there have been those couple of games where they have been off, and it just seemed like this was one of those games where things were going to be ever so uh, off cue or off about um, – everybody's playing, that it was going to be one of those games where we would take the loss.
2: Yeah, and I actually have to agree with Miguel. Going into this Mountain West tournament, I was worried about how consistently they were going to play because throughout the season, I mean, they started off the season really strong and we had no doubts about it, but towards the middle of the season, end of the season, injuries started happening and players stopped playing at a consistent high level and I think that when we talk about San Diego State, too, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, that the consistency is what's um, really hurting Nevada right now. I mean, they, they have an incredible record, as we said, but uh, being able to, to keep the, the momentum going, um, and I, that's what I was worried about with UNLV when we came out. We weren't playing strong. We were down by double figures, as you said. Um, and it, w- it was worrisome if they were going to be able to make that comeback.
1: Yeah, and being there in Thomas and Mac, UNLV's home, but having like a neutral floor, it was a bit weird to see, and it was not a very good environment. Like there were three thousand people there at Max, and I and I saw, I thought there was gonna be a fight in the stands, behi- right behind me.
0: I, I mean, that's just typical Nevada fans versus UNLV fans. Like, I I expected us to go into uh, the tournament. Playing UNLV to not be liked at all, but I mean, if it got like that bad to the point where um, like you thought there was going to be a fight, that's a little bit much.
2: This game was really important when it comes down to like the storyline of the rivalry. I mean, we, this is the third time we played them all season, um, and it was on the biggest stage. The other games didn't matter so much. I mean, we were dominating the season, but this one, this one mattered. This was a this was a sudden death elimination game. And if Nevada had lost this one, uh, it would have been game over. And it was in UNLV. Um, I can I can just see the the intensity going on it just between like the fans.
1: Yeah. And you talk about this being the third matchup, and the, Nevada actually earned three governor uh, three points for the governor series because Nevada was able to come away with the overall record for men's basketball. But one thing I. I got to imagine it's hard to prepare for a tournament like this when you don't know who you're going to play. Like, they didn't know they were going to play UNLV until the day before. So I can't imagine how that is, like, to prepare, like, as a team.
0: Yeah, trying to prepare for different teams, especially all the teams in the Mountain West have different kind of styles of play and different players who play at at different levels and uh, who just play the game differently differently. Um, yeah, it's difficult to prepare for that.
2: I think that's kind of the, the cool thing about the Mountain West Tournament. It doesn't give you a chance to kind of scheme against another team. It lets you go out there and play the way that you want to play. And they, like And You kind of go into like a general play mode where it's like, this is this is how your team is supposed to run on a, on a day-to-day basis or a game-to-game basis. And you're not going to have to like throw certain things out because you're playing a certain team. You're not going to have a chance to really watch a bunch of tape Beforehand, so you're just gonna go out there and play your heart out, and that's what makes the Mountain West tournament so important.
1: One last thought on this game: I was talking with someone who covers UNLV while down there uh, before the game, and he's like, "UNLV struggles to play defense for 40 straight minutes," and that's something we saw. We saw UNLV sort of lose steam, uh, especially as it came down to the wire, um, and they were just not able to defend Nevada. But let's jump into the second game where it was not great.
2: Yeah, I'd say it, so. Yeah, it was not mm. great. We
1: lost to San Diego State ninety to seventy three, but the score does not give the game any justice. Uh at halftime we were down thirty points. And simply put it, San Diego State was just the better team that night.
0: Yeah. Like like we've been talking about uh earlier, just the consistency throughout the entire season, uh, with players, with the entire team. Uh in the last couple of matchups against SDSU we've beaten them and i think in a game we we almost blew them out but then to come to this second round of the mountain west tournament at the half trailing by 30 points
1: so we talked about this last week in the first matchup um nevada blew out san diego state by 25 points in the second half and literally last saturday or the saturday before the mountain west tournament our last regular season game we lost to san diego state by three in san diego so I think it was a bit like it was a bit weird that we got matched up with them, like that two of our last three games were against San Diego State.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting that like even like UNLV wasn't too long ago before we played them, and then San Diego State right back to back. Garrett, I want to ask you: Do you think that made this game a little bit more interesting? That I, because the as we talked before, like the schemes and the the watching tape was so recent that you kind of already knew what this other team was going to do before going into it.
1: Yeah, I feel like with you playing the same team twice in like w- twice in a week, you already know their tendencies, you know what they're going to do. And I, I just feel like San Diego State's not a very good matchup for Nevada because, one, they have a lot of size. Malik Pope, uh, Jalen McDaniels, they're long, lanky uh, big men who can grab rebounds. And Nevada really doesn't have that. And one thing I, I noticed in this game is, must mentioned in the first match, in the second matchup when we played in San Diego, that there was a discrepancy in the number of foul calls. I noticed this as well because, like, uh, San Diego State got to the line twelve more times than Nevada, and only one more foul was called. So uh, it, it it was interest. It was really interesting to like watch this as like trying to be unbiased as possible, but like it, we saw like a bunch of calls like go against like that got caught against Nevada that should have been foul calls against San Diego State. But being in there for the Mountain West tournament is essentially was a home game for San Diego State. Their fans showed up. It was really actually it was really cool to see. Like every time Nevada fans tried to get a chant going, San Diego State was right there to counter and they, they brought the they brought intensity there.
0: Yeah. I mean it's a testament to San Diego State fans. They just they're they're there always and it's a bit closer. Than do you Reno. think? Do a you think the
1: atmosphere closer. played a big role? I, I do think so because, uh, Sa- well, San Diego. St- well, in the Nevada UNLV game, there was much more Nevada fans, and then in the second in the second game, there were much more uh, San Diego State fans. So I do think, I do think atmosphere did play a uh, part because sound echoes in that in that arena, as we see with most arenas, like especially in Lawler, like like are it just echoes, and yeah. it doesn't help that. um. San Diego State's marching band has a full-on drum. Well,
2: so what was going on with the team? Like, I didn't get a chance to watch the game really, so I'm I'm kind of just talking off stats here. I really want to know from like you were at the game, you were able to watch it like from a steady level. What was going on with Nevada?
1: They just weren't able to hit. They just weren't able to hit shots, and San Diego San Diego State just seemed to make every every shot. Like. it it doesn't help when your best shooter is on the bench for the entire second half of the game. Uh, Kendall, rolled, I think rolled his ankle, <clears throat> mm. and so it it doesn't help when that and so you and you're already down to like seven scholarship guys. You can't like, you can't like. Nevada is one of those teams that's not deep, and San Diego State, however, is, and so I think I just think Nevada didn't show up to play.
0: Yeah. Do you think that? Um because with the previous uh, encounters with San Diego State and with the bid, with the potential, at the time, potential bid, what it was pretty much kind of guaranteed to get into the NCAA tournament, that Nevada was just like, okay, this really doesn't matter.
1: Um, I, 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 do, I don't know, because it's it it's difficult to say that because Nevada was playing for seeding. So early on, they were projected to be like a – we talked about this last week. Uh, they were projected to be a six seed. Now they're a 7th seed, but there was honestly a doubt. I was talking with the people at CBS, and they were like, there might be a chance Nevada doesn't make the tournament because you look at how they played. They haven't really played great once Lindsey Drew went down, and so that's stuff they take into account, into effect. But Nevada was able to make the tournament, as we alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Nevada could have had a better matchup if they, if they would have won the tournament. But I think that overall this is a good for the, not only the conference because you get two teams in, you get more exposure. And San Diego State is one of the hottest teams coming in. They won like their last eight regular season games. Come in, you win you win three more here, and you're riding all the momentum going into the first weekend of, Mountain West, of NCAA tournament play. Mm-hmm.
2: But going back to like your exact question, I don't think there was any point that this team thought – uh, we're going to take it easy in the Mountain West no, tournament. I no, don't, I don't. Knowing Coach Musk, there's no way that he thought that the Mountain West tournament doesn't matter. Every single game matters if, to this team. If we
1: saw this, Nevada, Nevada after their uh, game against Colorado State, they didn't rest their players against UNV or San Diego State. Is when they already clinched the number one seed, mm-hmm. and they had two games remaining. So that's just not Musk's style. Musk knows one thing and one thing only, to play basketball.
2: Yeah, he, he has the pail to the metal all the time. No, yeah. no matter what, he's not going to gonna take it easy on anybody. All
1: right, but let's move forward and preview this weekend's tough, tough matchup versus the University of Texas. I hate burnt orange,
2: Longhorns. Yeah, you hate burnt orange, huh? Uh,
1: burnt orange is just an ugly color. And as you can check by our Twitter, we are transitioning our hate for red to burnt orange because it is, it is beat Texas week. It is. Um, and... I was reading an article by Chris Murray and it brought up some interesting points how Nevada and Texas are completely opposite teams. Uh Texas is very tall and lengthy, like San Diego State, Nevada, not so much height. Nevada's really good on offense, top ten in the nation in offense. Texas is one of the top teams on defense.
0: Yeah, especially with having uh somebody like Mo Bombo who's six foot eleven as a freshman. Yeah. Averaging 13 points, 10 boards, and three blocks a game, it's definitely going to be a, a hurdle that Nevada's going to have to get over in order to beat this Texas Texas team.
1: Yeah, Mo Bamba is projected to be a top-ten pick this year. He, he's that good. Um, but one thing, like, Texas has really gone through a lot of up and, ups and downs this year. Like, they started out good, and then they fell off. They've, they're they an okay team. They finished, like, sixth in the Big 12. Uh I was a bit, a bit surprised they got in. Like they were one of those bubble teams that a lot of people were like questioning, like whether or not they got in. Like I think they got bounced in the first rounds of the, the Big Twelve tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the game will be on Friday, uh, at one thirty p.m. Pacific time in Nashville, Tennessee, from the Bridgestone Arena. Uh, another player to watch for from Texas is Dylan Osta- Ostowski. He is the Longhorns' leading scorer. Um. who who averages 13.6 points in seven boards a game, and he's another tall dude. He's 6'9". And you look at the Martin twins and pretty much everyone else on the team, he's taller than everyone else. Like, everyone on this Nevada team is, like, pretty
2: much 6'7", or shorter. Where is this team getting all these monsters from? 6'11 and 6'9"? Where do they grow people like this? uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's something in the water.
2: I think Mo Bauman's from San Diego.
0: Oh, Oh, Okay.
2: Okay. Aren't they close enough to the sun there that he doesn't need to be that tall? I mean, seriously, <laughs> this guy is huge, and the fact that he's going in like the first, you ra- might be going in the first round as a freshman. Oh my
1: god! Actually, I changed that. Mo almost from Harlem.
2: Ah, okay, gotcha. And he
0: chose it- Texas over Duke, Kentucky, and Michigan. Huh, interesting. Wonder what the thought process was there.
2: So, Garrett, I want—I really want to know like what your honors prediction is. I know that I- you're going to say Nevada because. You love this team so much and
0: you do know I mean, what school you go to, right? I
2: I do t- I I know, but I'm I'm thinking look at the facts here. Like what do you think is going to happen? Look at how they played in the Mountain West tournament against a big team like this. Well,
1: I think I th- my honest predictions, I think uh Nevada wins by like 3. I think they'll struggle. They definitely will struggle in the first half uh adjusting to not only the big time atmos the the big time arena. Like this is the furthest uh, east they played was Texas, so I think there is some like adjustment to like time zones, like you that always has to play a factor into it. Plus, I think you got to give Nevada some time to adjust to the size. Because how how is Nevada supposed to practice guarding a seven foot guy?
2: Yeah. I, I like how you say you, you need to give them time to adjust. There's no time. No, <laughs> it's I, this I, weekend.
1: I, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's Friday. I, I'm well aware. So I think Nevada will struggle in the first half. They'll be down, but I think this team's able to come back. Uh, one thing we saw is Nevada actually has experience. Like you look at this team, like they've been to the NCAA tournament before. You look at like uh, the Martin Twins made a deep run with uh, into the Sweet Sixteen with NC State. Uh, Lindsay, not Lindsay was here part of last year, but also Jordan Caroline, his his run last year. Kendall was part of Purdue's teams. Uh, Hollis. So I feel like this team has much more experience. Rather, where Texas is sort of sit- sitting in the same situation as we were last year. They're made up of a lot of guard, uh, freshmen and senior, uh, freshmen and sophomores. So I don't think they have that big time experience, and we saw that play a factor into last year's matchup against Iowa State.
2: So nerves is going to be a big one, I think, for uh, for Texas then, and I think that's what's going to give Nevada the upper hand. But... That, yes,
1: I think so, and. Um, if Nevada were to win and the higher seeds win, we would play the number two seed Cincinnati, um, in in Nashville. Still, that game would be on Sunday. No time has come out. Uh, Cincinnati is a really good team. Uh, they were fighting for a number one seed all year. Uh, they finished thirty and four with a sixteen and two conference record, where they finished in first place and won the AAC uh, tournament. They're they're a good team. I watched I watched a bit of the AAC tournament this this weekend in Vegas and it is tough basketball.
2: It definitely sounds like some tough basketball. I mean, going up against the number 2 seed if we can uh get past Texas is going to be uh a steep hill to climb.
1: Yeah, and I feel yeah. like like there are a lot of people who who predict like like who don't think Cincinnati's as good as their ranking. Like they people I've read reports like saying Cincinnati does not deserve to be a number 2 seed. Like they don't think they'll make it past the, make it to the sweet 16 so i'm hoping nevada would would be able to cha- uh chan- channel their inner momentum if they were to get past texas and continue to ride ride uh their hot streak as we've seen them have like all season like nevada is like honestly one of the um we've seen they're one of the streakiest teams like not like win loss wise but like shooting wise like we saw you look at them look at them against san diego state but then they went on like a twenty-five to six run against UNLV, so and, that,
2: and that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if the consistency is going to be there. I mean, we can't. Be, we haven't been able to win con, like consistent games against tough teams. Um,
1: yeah, we lost. Uh, let's see. We lost back-to-back games against tournament teams in Texas Tech and TCU. But we also beat Radford, who's a tournament team. We also beat Rhode Island, who's an eighth seed.
2: So. But then going up against a team like Cincinnati, who's going to be going on a real hot streak.
1: I don't think we've played. I don't think we've played a team like that. Sure, Texas Tech and TCU have shown signs of getting into the top ten uh, nationally, but I don't think I don't think we've played anybody like this, and I don't think they've played anyone like us. I think Nevada is truly like an uncharacteristic matchup because you look at uh, your the ability to shoot the ball one one through five with uh, the twins, uh, Jordan, uh, Kendall, and Howes. But then you also have Jordan Caroline, who can just dominate in the post. So I think Nevada pro- uh, provides
0: an uncharacteristic matchup for most teams. The the oddball out the one the one team that nobody can really prepare for. I mean, in all honesty, mainly because nobody's really seen us in tournament play besides last year. At least for this generation of players coming coming through,
2: is Nevada going into this tournament the underdog again?
1: Yes, we're one point under we're one point underdogs. Yeah. I'm but, pretty I mean, sure.
2: T- let's talk about just like, in the in the tournament. Uh, according
1: to the people's vote, uh, looking at ESPN they do a people's vote on all brackets. Uh Texas is like fifty five percent.
2: So we we are going into the, pretty much this tournament as underdogs. I mean <laughs> a little overlooked. I think
1: I think Nevada actually embraces the underdog mentality. Like we I think it
2: fits us, to be honest. Hmm. I think that an it underdog There's a bunch
1: of scrap like gritty, scrappy players who are coming from a small little
2: school in, in the mountains. Like it doesn't yeah. really get much much underdog than that.
1: Yeah, coming, I mean everyone here is pretty much almost a transfer. There's like only a few scholarship players, and uh, it is hard to game plan when there's no footage, like no real footage on people.
0: Yeah, especially for uh, the transfers coming in, because a, a lot of these transfers didn't really get uh, a whole lot of playing time where they were, and then coming to here and playing right out of the gate. Texas is going to have is going to have an issue with preparing for this team uh, like we've been saying mainly because there's not a lot to look at and, and we've such we have such a different kind of uh, offense and defense and way that we run the ball that it's different and we have and Texas has not seen anything like it before.
1: I also think there's a little bit of a drive and motivation for those uh, first year transfer players Kendall Hallis, Caleb McCody because they were sitting on the bench last year mm-hmm. not being able to partake uh, when when we made that run when when we made the tournament last year. So I think that they're driven to play their best. And it is hard to play when you prepare for the Mountain West Player of the Year and the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year.
0: Yeah, and I think there's even more of a drive for the seniors, seeing as it's their last season. It could be their last
1: game repping Nevada.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, okay, they have to go out and literally give everything they have, leave everything that they have on that court just to have a chance and be like, okay, we might be able to win this.
1: Any final thoughts
2: for, n- for men's basketball? I'm
0: good.
1: Any score predictions?
0: Ooh, Ooh score predictions.
2: It's going to be a close one. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm saying I'm still a little skeptical if they're going to be able to pull this one out because it's a tough one with big guys, and there's not enough time really to prepare and watch film. and you've never We've never played them before. So there's really no idea in anyone's head of, of what we're, what to really expect other than what you can watch on film. Um Personally, and I hate to say it, I, I'm saying Texas is going to win this one. Um, I don't think that Nevada is going to keep the... Uh, Traitor. <laughs> I, I'm just saying how it is, man. I that That's just my prediction. Right. Um, I know you guys will disagree with me, and I hope you guys <laughs> do, and I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I think there's a lot of factors going into this one that's going to be a little overpowering for the little underdog Nevada.
0: Yeah, like like Jordan said, it's gonna be a really close game. Um, I honestly expect it going up into the high eighties, low nineties, but I think Nevada's gonna come out on top by two or three points. It's gonna be a very, very close game.
1: All right, well you heard it here first on Pac Center. Let's take a quick break and let's jump and we'll jump back into women's basketball.
2: All right, thank you guys for having me on the show. <laughs>
1: audio jungle we are back from break and we are here to talk about the great run that Nevada women's basketball uh had in the Mountain West tournament it was much it came to much as the much surprise to us as it did to everyone else that Nevada was able to make it to the Mountain West, uh, title game.
0: Yeah, that was, it was a little shocker for everybody paying attention, paying attention to it, especially, uh, first game against UNLV, who was a top, I believe top three ranking team, uh, game went into double overtime and, uh, Nevada end up coming out on top 77-73. Timo dropped 22. Tage Zeller dropping 12 points. Jade Redmond 11 points. And Trey Briggs with 10 points. Briggs also had a double-double. Timo also was 100% at the free throw line, 10 for 10. And as we've talked about before, has had great success at the free throw line.
1: Yeah, and UNLV came into this game not expecting much. They were the number two seed in the, in the tournament. They shared... Uh... They split the regular season title with Boise State, mm-hmm. and I think Nevada was just playing for more than what UNLV had to. I feel like uh, Nevada just had much more fight in this game. We wa- I watched this game a lot, uh, not in person but on on TV, mm-hmm. and it just felt like Nevada wanted this win more than anything else. Like, and this game they split the season series, and this earned three more points for the Governor series. So Nevada now would took football. Uh, and both basketballs, so so it is great for not only Nevada this team, but for the school.
0: Yeah, and uh, we we see in this game, um, if you watch if you watch the game, that the drive and the uh, the um, commitment that we've been talking about all season seem to come out in in the team with them just grinding it out. Like I said, going into double overtime to get the w you're you're right and it it
1: just saw it was it was fun to see this team actually like grind out these games because like we we saw we've seen the struggle that nevada went through this season losing like six in a row and i think it was it was incredible to see nevada pull out this run and it started it started one with the san diego state game which we talked about last week but this unlv game it keeps building momentum the train keeps moving forward and in the third game of the tournament, they picked up another, yet another dub uh, when they beat Wyoming sixty-seven to sixty-three. This game, like like all the other ones, was close. Uh, not in overtime though. Not not in overtime. No. Uh, settled in regulation. Timo drops seventeen points. Tay Zeller sixteen. Karamai, uh, Kamaria King eleven. And for as a team, they shot seventy-five percent from fr- uh, the free throw line and also thir- uh 55% from 3 which is which is good.
0: Yeah, they're they're taking a lot a uh, lot better shots having calculated decisions in where they're going to take their shots and how they're going to go about just running their offense.
1: Yeah, it was great to see uh, this game was this game was last Wednesday um and with that win they pr- uh they moved themselves into contention for the Mountain West title. And a birth to go dancing like the men's team did.
0: Yeah, um, had a shot for it. And also, this is the first Mountain West championship game in the program's history.
1: Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, but in that game, uh, they lost to Boise State in the Mountain West tournament, 62-60. to I was there at that game. It was Friday morning. Uh, so Friday was not a very good day for for the basketball as no. both teams lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Taze Zeller dropped 14 points at Jade Redmond, 11, Timo, 10. But what was interesting with the scoring is Taze Zeller only put up seven shots. And I feel like you want to get the ball in our hands more.
0: Yeah, definitely want to put the, balls, the ball in the hands of your like primary scorer, the person who's putting up the most points. Only seven shots is not what you want from a player, especially for getting the ball that many times and actually being able to take a shot or to make an attempt at it
1: you you want the ball in your star's hands especially as the game's coming down to the wire and we saw that on the last possession uh on defense Tejela wasn't even on the floor
0: yeah she was she was sitting out i think she it was either she had an injury or the coach just wanted to take her out for something i'm assuming it was for some sort of injury i don't think so um then i have no so, idea the
1: game the game came down to the wire uh six, as we mentioned it was a two point loss uh Boise State got a last second tip in um with as the clock expired but let's run down that final minute so or the final 30 seconds so Nevada took a very bad shot it was like a runner in the corner uh well it wasn't a great shot Mm -hmm. uh Amanda Levin said after the game the play just broke down they wanted uh Camaria to have the ball and she didn't have the ball so it was kind of like it was it was a flustered play and then Uh, Obviously the shot missed Boise State got the rebound They took a shot Missed it But they didn't They didn't box out And um, And the Boise State player uh, Tipped tipped the ball in To win the game Yeah It was such a heartbreaking loss Because seeing what this team did Like And (laughs) the way they fought Like they were up by like 10 or so Like going into the third Third and fourth quarter So The way The way that I saw this team uh, Fight I was impressed, and I'm more than like I'm more than excited to see how this program is going to be in the next couple years.
0: Yeah, especially with uh, Amanda Levins getting her first season with the team under her belt, how she can evolve the program and uh, take it a step up to where they can make more championship runs like they did.
1: Yeah, and it, it was no one, no one thought Nevada was going to be make it to the Mountain West title game. Uh, They were they were the seventh seed, so they were expected to win the first game and then then lose to the second seed.
0: Yeah, there there was nobody was expecting them like we've been saying to make a run for the for the championship title.
1: You're right. And I I was just I I felt like sure the seniors would have liked to come out with a win, but the way they ended their season with a run, I feel like it was it's it's a noble. I wouldn't say noble, but it was a it was a it, it was a good send off yeah.
0: to them. Having them uh especially uh like we said earlier, it was the first time going to the Mountain West Championship in women's basketball history, especially for those seniors who have put in the work and have grinded out each game, getting points to it, it's a good send off for them to go to the championship game even though it was a heartbreaking loss
1: even if nevada were to win i don't think they would have made it very far in the ncaa tournament i feel like they would have been like a 13 through 15 seed
0: yeah but i mean still it's if they would have made it in even if it would be a 13 14 seed it's still yeah it's still still would been good to see yeah it's still being in the tournament and saying being able to say that they made it to the ncaa tournament
1: I do think bright things are in the future for for not only this program, but also for Amanda Levins. Uh, but with that, Nevada basketball, women's basketball season is not yet officially over. They are playing postseason basketball. Uh, they are competing in the WBI tournament, and their first game is tomorrow, March 15th, where they will host UC Irvine. Uh, game is at 630, so if you can make it, please attend. Um should be a great atmosphere in Lawler uh, with the men's team playing Friday. You don't. There's nothing that really should compete with uh, viewing time.
0: Yeah, I mean, with uh, with them playing Thursday, all eyes should be on them. Just seeing the run that they made in the Mountain West game, just seeing what they're going to be able to do in this WBI tournament.
1: Yeah, and it should be a great environment. Uh, this tournament also features teams like Fresno State, Yale, and Weber State. Yeah. So I feel like if any way you could end your season with a win, it should be, it should be confidence builder. We saw with Mus in his first year, uh, his first year CBI championship. There are not many schools that end their season with a win.
0: Yeah, especially um, especially in college basketball. Yeah, especially in college basketball, and with the um, with the kind of schedule that uh, both teams have had, and the. And how much that they've grinded out. It's it would be great to see women's basketball have have a have a win, at least one win, uh, in the WBI tournament. Just like we've been saying, that kind Just of final get their send-off. name get
1: their name out, yeah, yeah,
0: get their name out there and get more exposure to the women's basketball team for them. And them saying, hey, we're here, we're here to compete. We will not back down.
1: I think an interesting tidbit is that. Nevada baseball or not baseball, baske, men's basketball, women's basketball, and football have one thing in common. What's that? They all ended UNLV season. I like that. Men, because football, like uh, football, they beat We beat them when UNLV was buying for a bid, or was buying for a bowl game bid. Mm-hmm. Men's basketball beat them in the tournament, and so did women's basketball.
0: Yeah, I, I, now, I like that. I don't, that. I
1: don't know if women's UNLV women's basketball is playing in some type of tournament, but. It's great confidence builder coming in that three of our big sports we defeated the the Rebel Alliance down south. Mm-hmm. Um, any predictions for how this WBI tournament's going to go, Miguel?
0: Um, I I hope I'm not going to say I expect a win against UC Irvine. I haven't re- I myself have not watched UC Irvine a lot. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be the one of the ones that uh, Nevada's going to have to grind out. Uh, like they've been doing all year, but I think that with the right amount of uh persistence that Nevada can come out on top and move on to the second round.
1: Yeah, let's hope for a win, and if you're as we stated literally like thirty seconds ago, make sure to attend lawler uh tickets shouldn't be that expensive. Students get in for free. Let's pack lawler, let's make it feel like eleven thousand people are there. But with that being said, let's take another quick break and we'll come back with some softball. back thank you for listening to pack center on whatever m- mobile device you are uh, whether it's itunes soundcloud or Wolfpack radio i know they have an app that is i think up and running now but with that being said let's jump into some softball and it was an okay week okay weekend for softball uh they started their weekend off with a loss to uc davis nine to four where erica grant uh erica Hansen, uh, drove in all four runs with a grand slam. Uh, Ju- our, our ace and our friend of the program, Julia Jensen pitched three innings, uh, allowing seven hits and striking out five second game of the said tournament. They lost to Val three to one. Kenzie Goins had the only, uh, only RBI of the game. And that came on a single. And again, friend F, uh, FOTP Julia Jensen, uh, Pitched six innings, allowed four hits, and sh- uh, seven strikeouts. And then in the final game of the series, they beat Col- Northern Colorado, where Cedaria McAllister had an RBI double, and Quinn Warner also had an RBI double. Uh, Sierra Mello was on the scoring end of both set hits, and Amanda Guile pitched four innings, striking out two, and a- only allowing three hits. Miguel?
0: Yes, sir. How'd they do? I mean, they did pretty good. That grand slam from Eric Hansen, though. But still, they lost. Well, I, I, I don't care. That's a grand slam. Do you know how often people get grand slams? I mean, it's really hard in baseball, and I'm sure it's harder in softball in the same respect. I don't know. I the don't know. While well, the fields are smaller, I feel like a softball, I don't know. I lost my train of thought.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know the odds of hitting how many uh, grand slams were hit in college softball. Uh, if you want to do the math, please tweet us at tweet tweeted it at us at PackCenterNV of how many total grand slams were hit in college softball last season. But um, I think Nevada needed to get more wins in this tournament, especially as conference play is heading in, is as we're starting to get in the swing
0: of things. Yeah, heading into conference play, you you definitely want to look for more, more wins, uh, more Ws. Y- you want to gain that confidence going into uh, conference season because going into conference, that's that's where games start to matter as far as standing in the conference and whether you go to uh, more tournament play or not. You're right. And looking ahead, softball uh, kicks off there at home
1: finally we get their home uh, opener about time and it's a doubleheader versus uh sacramento state and it's weird that our first uh, our first game home game of the season is a doubleheader
0: i mean from looking at past games and past single games and past tournaments i kind of expected it
1: and this game will be on wednesday so it's weird for a midweek doubleheader cuz normally we're
0: used to seeing uh, these doubleheaders on weekends yeah, I think that uh, they actually had to change this change the schedule for this because they originally believed that this game was scheduled for a weekend like we've normally seen, but with the weather that Reno has been having and coming and Sac State coming over the pass, it's kind of iffy whether um, the weather would be good enough or the pass would even be open on the weekend. So they decided to move it up a couple days to Wednesday um, to make sure that they can actually play the game
1: and. Looking ahead at this weekend, uh, we are done with tournament play. It's about time.
0: Yeah, uh, been a little boring. They
1: they they play Colorado State in uh, Fort Collins, and the uh, the Rams come into this game with a thirteen and six record. And I think I think it should be a tough matchup for Nevada. Uh, how many innings do you think Julia Jensen pitches
0: out of twenty one possible innings? Out of twenty one possible innings?
1: Actually, I don't even.
0: I mean, yeah, out of twenty one innings, how many? Yeah, I believe it's twenty-one innings. Um, honestly, I'm gonna say more on the load side, like 10, 11, just because she's been pushing it super hard. And the coach, I would assume that the coach want to sit wants to save her arm for later on in the year.
1: I'm I'm gonna say seven. I think she pitches in one game and one game only. Uh, I think especially as you get into uh, conference play, you want to use more pitchers
0: you you want to have you want to have your really good pitchers uh kind of saved up for when you play those super tough teams
1: and when we were talking with her she uh she mentioned that the team only carries five pitchers with her when they travel mm-hmm. so i think it, i think you got to get other people some playing time
0: yeah you have more than enough pitchers uh to give somebody a rest but i mean it all just depends on how um how those pitchers pitch if they're Walking a bunch of people or giving up a lot of hits, then you gotta you gotta go with your ace.
1: You're right, and it Juliet Julie has been an ace, and she sort of struggled this past weekend.
0: Yeah, she didn't she didn't have the best of of weekends. Um, six innings, gave up four hits, but she did strike out seven. Now in the Northern Colorado game, she didn't pitch for the majority of the game, but she still had. Um, she had some uh, pitching. I believe she only pitched uh, about an inning or two. And actually, I'm
1: sure Julia would rather prefer a win in zero strikeouts than a loss in seven punchouts. Yeah, and that's one thing we got to see Nevada do, especially as as tournament as conference play begins. We we got to start racking up wins.
0: Yeah, yeah, like we've been saying especially with conference conference news conference play coming up we got to start racking up the wins gain the confidence uh have the team gain confidence so that way when they go into conference play it's more th- it, the thinking is more of yes this is how it's going to go as opposed to uh i don't know if we're going to be able to win this game
1: what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like at uh is it hickson
0: park I believe it is yeah, Hickson Park.
1: Hickson Park, uh this Wednesday for the doubleheader.
0: It's I believe it's gonna be a great atmosphere. Um, like we've said, first home game of the entire season. Fans are gonna be out there in force, gonna be supporting the team and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great atmosphere.
1: Do you think a lot of people will know about
0: it? And especially since the games are at like one and three o'clock, it's like middle of the day. Yeah, that that's kind of like typical for uh, softball games. I went to a couple softball games uh, in the previous years, and there actually is a really good turnout. I believe. But do you think sometimes. there's gonna be a
1: turnout midday on a Wednesday?
0: I mean, yeah, midday is definitely like it's it's kind of iffy. Um, I believe the morning game will have a, a good turnout. I don't know. The about one the o'clock afternoon. game, you mean? Oh, that's right. Because the game got pushed back. Originally, it was set for 11, 11 a.m. See, I know. I can't.
1: I can't go to either game because I got class.
0: Yeah, I'm actually. I will be at the at those games just because I'm working, doing other jobs and stuff. So I'll be there. Um, but yeah, I expect. The, I expect the. Well, I mean, since now it's at one o'clock, I'm not entirely sure. But for, for the people who will be there, it's going to uh, be our, a great atmosphere. And our
1: tickets for fr- uh, free for the public.
0: I. Don't believe so, but I think they're like five bucks. Okay, well, they I shouldn't guess, be too expensive. I
1: guess if you work near uh, Hickson Park and have nothing to do on your lunch break, make sure to stop by and see uh, Julia Jensen pitch.
0: Go check it out. Uh,
1: but with that being said, let's take another quick break and let's jump into the final segment. For the final segment of this week's show, and we uh, we're here to talk about some baseball. It, Nevada kicked off their uh, Pacoli Park um, season uh, with a very successful weekend. But before they played in Pacoli Park, uh, we have to talk about that game that happened last Tuesday, and it was sad. Insert insert violin music, sad violin, Titanic music. Uh, they lost to Pacific 9 to 8 in 11 innings and in that game Nevada was up 3 in the bottom in the top of the 11th and then they gave up four in the bottom half to lose such a sad way to lose for Nevada
0: yeah especially in 11, 11 innings just trying to hold out being up 3 and then giving up four that's just it's, it's
1: heartbreaking it, it, it's sad because you you want to see Nevada win and they were up 3 with with three outs to go at the top in the bottom of the eleventh, and then they were just not able to come away with the win.
0: Yeah, just the pit pitching was off. Um yeah. It's just it just goes to show that anything can happen in baseball. One one inning, you're up three, pretty much have the win, next thing you know, give up four four runs and uh you're in the losers. Yeah, and
1: in that game, Dylan Shrum went 2-for-4 on the night and drove in three runs. Very impressive, Dylan. And Chase Grant also drove in a couple of runs. But let's jump into the exciting part for baseball, Uh, their weekend series against San Jose State. Now, San Jose State's not very good in sports. We've stated this multiple times on the show.
0: Time and time again, they have proven us correct.
1: But it was great to see us come away with our first home series of the weekend with a sweep.
0: Yeah. Uh, starting off the weekend uh, against San Jose State, we won 11-4. to Weston Hatton drove in three runs, including a home run. Daniel Perry also hit a home run. Good job, guys. Mark Nowazewski went seven and a third innings. That's ace Mark Nowazewski to you. Mark the ace Nowazewski. There we go. Seven and a third innings, picking up his second win of the season, striking out I, six.
1: I think it was good for to start. Well, any win is good. Yeah. Sport, any oh, yeah. Win. So I think Nevada starting off their home season with a win, which was which is great for the great for the confidence, build, confidence booster for this team,
0: especially having uh, multiple people hitting home runs, uh, getting RBIs uh, and just just doing work uh, in the batter's box. You, you like to see that because it shows how much the team has been working in the off season to make sure they can see those pitches come in and have the speed and strength to get those out of the park.
1: Yeah, and in the second game of the series, it was a bit closer than the first one. The Nevada was able to pull off a win, 10-9, to where freshman Joshua Zamora hit a walk-off sack fly to win the game for the pack. Um, It was a very productive day on offense for Mike Echevia, Dylan Shrum, and Weston Haddon as they all drove in three runs. And four pack players even hit home runs. Um, It's crazy uh Weston Haddon uh Joshua Zamora Daniel Perry and Keaton Smith all hit home
0: runs you like you love to see that when just like we've like we said you, yeah you fans like to see home runs hit home runs doing work in the batter's box getting runs runs in and getting that score nice and high uh it,
1: it actually a little tidbit here uh closing pitcher Ryan Anderson got uh picked up the win in this game and. An interesting fact about Ryan is his dad played on Nevada's team when Pocoli Park opened. Wow. And Nevada Baseball did like side by side picture uh from uh Ryan's dad when he was um on, when he was on the team and then a picture with him and his son. I I think that was a really cool
0: moment. Yeah. Not only Ryan but his family as well. Yeah, that's that's crazy because I believe Piccoli Park opened up in 1988. Well, 30 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Thir- 30th anniversary of the park, and uh, having his having uh, Ryan Anderson getting the win. It's it's nice to see.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's a cool family momentum. Uh, you do the side by side pictures, like. Yeah, suspicious. the side the side
0: by sides were pretty cool.
1: And if you get the game ball, uh, first, yeah,
0: yeah, for. Game ball when Petco Park opened up, and game ball when uh, his son picked up the W.
1: Yeah, and let's move on to the third and final game. Uh, they they killed San Jose State again. No surprise, no surprise.
0: Demolished.
1: Oh, uh, we won fourteen to four, and in that game, Daniel Perry, Cole Charismic, uh Chismic, and ha- Haden Weston and Dylan Strum all drove in two runs. Very successful de- weekend for Weston and Dylan.
0: Oh yeah, just can see on in the stats obviously just uh Weston and, D- and Daniel just doing work in the Patters box just and this one it out. in
1: this one series Weston drove in 8 runs. Yeah, that's that,
0: that was great great for Weston. Yeah, great work. Great work. Great offensive work.
1: Uh freshman pitcher Jake Jackson uh picked up his third win of the season and he's now 3 and 0. He went 7
0: innings striking out of 3. That's good to see that that on top of Mark the Ace, um, you have a freshman, Jake like Jake Jackson, who is gaining that confidence and gaining that experience of of striking out, playing games, and and just getting the experience and know, knowing that you have that kind of talent and that kind of athlete in your back pocket.
1: Yeah, you're right. And looking over some quick statistics for this team, um, Grant Fennell leads the team in, uh, uh, batting average with 365 while, um, Haddon, Weston Haddon leads the team in RBI with 14 followed up by Mike Echevia, Daniel Perry, Dylan, Dylan Shrum each with, uh, 11 and Haddon Weston also leads the, is tied for the lead in home runs along with Daniel Perry and Joshua Zamora. And I think it's just great to see these, uh, these players doing well offensively, like that's yeah. something we sort of saw last year in Nevada, uh, struggling, uh, struggling on offense a lot. And let's let's move forward. Um, there were supposed to be four games this week, but one got canceled, and that was Tuesday's game. That was Tuesday's game against Sacramento State. It was announced Monday that the game would be postponed.
0: Yeah, because due to weather um, coming up over the past, because it is supposed to snow. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or actually the game... my, my apologies. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's supposed to snow.
1: So yes, for some whatever reason, uh, the game the game was um, postponed, and um, yeah, and then Nevada will host will host UC Riverside this weekend. So interesting, interesting note. They go from playing conference play to now hosting the the UC Riverside. And yeah. UC Riverside is 8-8 eight and eight on the season.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I wonder if – well, UC Riverside is a little bit farther than Sac State, so I'm assuming that they're going to be flying over so they won't really have to worry about weather too much. Um, like I said, it's supposed to snow this upcoming weekend here. I wonder how it's going to be playing baseball in the snow. I don't know. I mean, if they're gotta going to. you got to use
1: like a neon, uh, neon green baseball so you
0: can see it in the <laughs> snow. Yeah, see where it is flying at your face. Uh,
1: yeah, that's why they should build a dome, a retractable roof, even though Nevada baseball doesn't dr- bring in that much money.
0: I mean, it would be definitely interesting. It would definitely be something cool to see. We're but, not that yeah. good of a
1: program to, yeah, it's to bring not, in that kind not of money. We're not winning national championships
0: year in, year out. Yeah, to throw a dome over Picoli. And it's such I'm a beautiful sure, place. Yeah, and
1: I'm sure there's there's a uh, we need a dome practice football field more than we need uh, – then we need a uh, dome baseball field. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be to entice recruits.
0: Yeah, mm. something something for uh, Nevada athletics to think about.
1: Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ah, <laughs> uh, but with that being said, we are uh, this we are wrapping up our show. A quick, quick little thing that came up right as we finished recording is that JaVale McGee and. Kevin Durant have made a bet on uh, the the Texas Nevada game.
0: Really? Oh yeah, yeah because because Kev- Kevin Durant's Kevin from Durant, Texas. Kevin? Uh, no, he's not from Texas. Well, he's from he the, went to. He, he's
1: from the DMV area. Okay. Do you know where that is? Not a clue. Del- Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, so then why are they making bets on? Because
0: uh, he went
1: because he went to the University of Texas and it has his yeah, own back. He has his own basketball facility there. Uh-oh. So the bet it lies where if Texas wins, Javale has to wear a onesie to a game. Well, if Nevada wins, Kevin Durant has to wear a fanny pack uh, to to a game of Javale McGee's choosing.
0: Admiral, you, I don't I don't think that's a very that's a very good bet. Well, what else do you expect? You remember
1: if you remember earlier in the year and you listened to the show Miguel, uh Steph Curry and uh JaVale made a bet where um if if Davidson beat Nevada, uh Steph JaVale would have to be a caddy for Steph. And if uh Nevada won Nevada win won, which they did, uh
0: Steph Curry would have to wear a fanny pack to a game. So I'm guessing I, I mean,
1: fanny packs are a big thing for Javel.
0: I, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. But I mean, if it were a bet against me, me wearing a onesie to a nationally televised game, oh, hell yeah. whereas somebody else wearing a, a fanny pack, I would say- I don't say, know. A
1: fanny pack can be embarrassing.
0: I, in, this, in this culture nowadays, I don't think so. I would say onesies all around. You got to wear a onesie to each game. And especially- uh Kevin Durant in a onesie that would be hilarious do they the make... legs would go up to his knees
1: do they make onesies uh for seven feet seven feet basketball players I'm
0: gonna have to start making them
1: but with that being said Miguel any final words
0: uh go ahead and follow me on Twitter at migmac08 I am reposting uh more sports related things especially basketball heading to the NCAA tournament um as always, follow us on uh what is it, paccenter at paccenter on Twitter? No? Nope, Pac Center NV. Pack Center NV. When are you gonna
1: learn our Twitter?
0: Um that's a very good question. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, are you ever gonna do that? Oh, am I gonna learn it? Yeah. Yeah, eventually.
1: Uh all right, yeah. As Miguel mentioned, you can follow our Twitter on at Pac Center NV. You can follow us on Instagram, at PAC Center Nevada, where we are sure to produce more content f- uh, promoting the show and whatnot. You can follow myself on Twitter, at, PAC, at, Garrett, at Garrett Stats, and you can follow me on Instagram at the same place. But one last thing before we go, go Wolfpack!